Hello, and welcome to a special bonus edition of Life on the Land. I'm Sky Manson. Life on the Land is a Grazy Her podcast telling stories of rural and regional women across Australia. And our latest guest was farmer, historian and author Maggie McKellar, who now lives in a tiny town on the east coast of Tasmania. And as Maggie so beautifully told us in her interview, which was released on Monday, there's been many bumps in her life. One thing that's helped her process the blind sides that have beset her is writing and journaling, a discipline that she does religiously each morning. Not only has it helped her overcome adversity, but her words have become the basis of books and memoirs. So here today, she shares with you her practice and what it brings to her life on the land. I started by asking her what had been happening in her life just today, because of course, that's what people journal about. Oh, totally typical. Trying to finish an article for uh, another publication, which I'm late for. Also fitting in um, all the running around that, yeah, just had this interview to talk, chat to you lined up this morning, Sky. I need to get a phone call um, to say, could I please come up and to the not quite back paddock, but almost back paddock because there was part missing on the tractor. So that's fairly typical, drop everything and go and help. Yeah. <laughs> and here I am back again. <laughs> it's so typical, isn't it, of life on the land. So just you never know what each day is going to bring. No, I mean, yesterday I was cooking, or this week actually, I've been cooking for shearing, which down here in Tassie, we, um, most places still do the cooking for the shearers. So that's um, morning and afternoon smoker and a hot lunch. So, you know, either a roast or yesterday I did lamb shanks, day before a chicken pie. I don't know. <laughs> it's, so that, that also is another one of my hats that I wear. And Maggie, where amongst all of this do you get time for your journaling? Oh, we, um, yeah, we were talking about journaling before, weren't we, when you rang for a chat earlier. Um, yeah, I guess that's part of my daily writing practice is to try and um, first thing, the first thing I do before I do anything else is, is open my journal and just jot down something, whether it's, the colour of the sky um, sort of as one approaches or um, a memory from the day before or, yeah, I don't know. But if I don't snatch that moment before the day starts, um, I find it really hard to get back into it and 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 I kind of lose track of the shape of the days. Um, my other job that I have is is a funny one too. It's a I type for a school friend who's a... Uh, gastroenterologist in Sydney so I also type her letters so I feel like I'm very connected to everybody's this sort of very um, body-based practice of both writing my own journal and also um, yeah typing up my friends letters about irritable bowel syndrome. (laughs) (laughs) Connected to everyone's gut. Yeah pretty much. (laughs) Inner, Inner health and outer health. Exactly. Yeah, it's been a lifesaver, though. There's not that many jobs for um, off-farm jobs down here for someone with my qualifications. I imagine. Um, 
when when we did talk earlier, you said, "Well, Sky, you're going to be in my journal today," and I thought, "Oh, wow." <laughs> And you also told me that you have two journals. So tell me about that. Oh, yeah. Um, so I do have to do two journals. I have a process journal, which is so which I keep um, when I'm writing a big project or in which I kind of jot down notes on books that I've read or articles that I've read or thoughts that I have, the problems that I'm facing in the structure of the piece I'm writing. Um, so that is kind of like an A4-sized journal and I might put sort of writing exercises, like writing prompt exercises if I'm stuck on something and set a timer um, and, yeah, just give myself a little challenge and see if if I can break through in a way, access a different part of my head. Sounds a bit weird, but it works really well. And then my other journal is the is that sort of the daily jottings, the one that, you know, has to be burnt when I die. Um, <laughs> Um, and yeah, that's the sort of thing that I would say. Spoke to Sky Manson yesterday. Lovely to talk on the phone with her after hearing her voice in my ears. Um, but also, I would say things like, uh, you know, I, I, that when you asked me to do this interview, I kind of thought, oh, do I want to do this? Do I want to go back into um, how I got to where I am and all that sort of thing? So I kind of wrote a little bit about that as well. Um, and it made me reflect about sort of the reasons for doing something like an interview, talking to you, um, because I, um, my kids are now grown up, you know, so I think it's a different thing to talk about them and our lives uh, when they're actual adults than it was when they were um, younger and kind of unaware of the place that I was speaking from um so I actually rang my daughter after I spoke to you and I said oh I've been asked to do this interview and how do you feel about me doing it because she's now you know she's she's 23 and she's you know, she's living and um studying on the mainland and yeah and her response really surprised me um she she sent me a message after we'd spoken and said uh, and, and she said something along the lines of, I just think it's better to talk about these things. Um, and so I totally support you in, in, in actually speaking up about what happened in our lives and how we've gone on from there. And I just thought, oh, that sort of attitude is exactly why um, hopefully uh, young people have better access to help um, if they need it. That was a very confused answer to your very simple question. That was a beautiful answer. And I'd never thought about it in that way too. For you to re-immerse yourself in your story, um, how differently it might be told now. Yeah, exactly. And, and the different players that are involved in it and, yeah, and how that keeps shifting and how how the meet the you know the medium of podcasting the immediacy of it is so different to the um the craft of writing a story the sort of the withdrawal of that and the the way you put it together and the careful consideration you give um and don't get me wrong I absolutely love like my lifeline I feel is listening to podcasts and and um yeah I love the immediacy of it but it's a very different 
um, medium to work in, I think, than, than writing a memoir. Another thing that I had not thought about, as a broadcast journalist, um, having worked within the confines of the ABC and working to a limited time frame that radio is, I love podcasts for the fact that nothing has to be cut out or left out and you can go with the conversation wherever you like and it's, um, you know, constructed or not. And to write a book, I have no idea about. I'd love to write a book one day, but I, yeah, what you're saying is really interesting as well, that it's um, not as free-flowing as maybe some people might think. It should read free-flowing. It should read as if it's just flowing out. And and if if it does, then the writer's done a great job. But um, usually it takes a lot of work to to get that sense of immediacy onto the page. Ah. Good. How many books do you think you've got in you, Maggie? I don't know. I think that I will continue to write always. That's something really lovely about writing is that you can just keep doing it and that you keep growing as a writer, I think. So, yeah, I think my next book will be fiction because I've got a couple of fiction manuscripts sitting in the bottom of my drawer. But I feel like this experience of, of, of this next stage of motherhood and, and of growing older is something worth writing about especially the opportunity that I've had to do it um, living out here. Yeah, it's coming to the end of a really significant part of your life and everybody's life. Definitely worth marking. You don't ever get to mark the end of your own life. Yeah, I think I was just, this article I'm working on at the moment for Annabelle um, Hickson, so it's for, um, and it's about, uh, <laughs> oddly enough, it's about the uh, um, boundary between public and private, you know, and um, how uh, I was just reading a quote that uh, Jeanette Winterson, who's I really love her, she's an English writer, um, she wrote her memoir, which has got the best title of in the world is called um, Why Be Happy When You Could Be Normal, which was a quote from her mother. <laughs> but I digress. She writes. What does she write? Oh, I've got it written here. Um, there you go. There's my, my process it. journal. Love it. <laughs> but, yeah, I just scrolled this quote down. She, Jeanette Winterson writes, um, the trick is to turn your own life into something that has meaning for people whose experience is nothing like your own. Mm. And I think that's exactly what I'm trying to do. Like it just seems that um, we, this, I hope my audience is both women, people that, that live the kind of life that I'm living because it's always hopefully wonderful to see your experience reflected on the page but more than that I hope my audience is is people that don't understand what it is like to live and raise um, you know animals for food and for fiber and how that's become a really broken conversation across our society and a real and it kind of yeah just it amazes me how much in the last 30 years, we've moved from a place where nearly everybody had a cousin or a friend 
or some connection to the country where they would go and stay on a farm to a place where people have no concept of um, how a, a lamb chop gets to be in the in the butcher or in the the meat aisle of the supermarket and how that is actually a really honourable process in a country like Australia. Um, yeah, so that is also another reason why I feel compelled to write and that quote, you know, to take your own life and and um, and write about it in such a way that people can recognise themselves in it, I think is kind of the reason I try and write. Mm, building empathy. Yeah, and I guess another reason why I thought, well, yes, I will talk to you. <laughs> Thank you for asking me. <laughs> No, Maggie, thank you for talking with us. And thank you, dear listeners, for tuning in to this special bonus episode. And for all your words and kind messages about Maggie's interview, we really appreciate the fact that you take the time to write and, of course, to even listen and share the podcast with others. The autumn edition of Grazy Her is coming really soon. For those of you not subscribed, you can do so at grazyher.com.au. Thanks for tuning in and we'll be back with another Life on the Land story for you next week.